0: Is the Minnesota Rundown presented by 10,000 Takes? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Minnesota Rundown presented by 10,000 Takes, 10k takes, or 10k, or whatever you want to call us call us whatever the hell you want. I'm, of course, JJ, journalist Jake, the host of the Minnesota of, the, of this podcast, and I want to welcome on our special guest that we have on this week's show. We have Dustin Baker, and if you don't know who he is, he's a fantastic writer for vikingsterritory.com. He's also the host of the Believe in Vikings podcast. He's also the editor of franchisetag.com. So I would say he knows a lot about, you would know a lot about... uh the Vikings and and stuff like that and you have insight into uh, the NFL and specifically with the Vikings but we're, we're glad to have you on and especially with the draft uh, yeah. happening last week we're, we're glad to have you on how, how's it going man
1: not bad not bad at all I got uh, lucky about a little over a year ago so I've been a Vikings fan since 1996 when uh, I moved to Minneapolis Ooh. and <laughs> and You've I've experienced had all, it all man I have I have Ooh. except for the except for a Super Bowl loss I, I hear about yeah. how miserable those it so I have All of this Vikings knowledge stored up in my head for those uh, 25 years. And I've always loved statistics. My my first love was baseball, and I got into the numbers of that. So in my head for these two and a half decades, I had all of this Vikings statistics numbers. And then I got lucky on Twitter that it caught on that people also enjoyed those factoids. So uh, lo and behold, after some um, serendipitous events with meeting people, I got to uh, write about the team and be on cool shows like this.
0: Yeah, dude, we're well, I appreciate you saying this is cool. Uh because we I mean some people would probably disagree. People would probably hate this show somewhere. Oh, well, we love haters, so uh yeah. you, you, gotta, you gotta love that. But yeah, we appreciate you coming on and we kind of want to make this a you know themed uh you know laid back show. We're a very relaxed brand, so we're, don't, we don't don't feel afraid to be super serious. If you want to, you can, but just go for it. I mean, I know that we uh the draft just happened, so we kind of want to make it a you know draft theme show and kind of discuss that a little bit more of a laid-back common man's perspective. So Great. definitely uh, go right into it here. So I have about four topics of discussion, four qu- main questions. Of course, there'll be other things that maybe will come up, you know, pertaining to the draft. But the first thing I want to discuss is, you know, sources say, and it's definitely true, I mean, more than likely, that the Vikings wanted to get Justin Fields out of Ohio State. They were picked, 14. And and there were even rumors that they were trying to trade up, you know, Rick Spielman was trying to do whatever to get that, making that to happen. I mean, um, I mean, would this have been the right call in your opinion to go after Justin Fields this earlier trade up and risk something for this kind of quarterback when you still have do have Kirk cousins and you do have the rest of the draft for other quarterbacks. And well, of course we'll get to the, uh, we'll yeah. talk about the pick they made, but I mean, was it, would this been a right, the right call for slick Rick? I mean,
1: uh, yes. Yeah, so I'll start off and we'll get to this. I believe shortly that I am pleased with the way it transpired as is. Um, But yeah, if we would have organically selected fields at 14 or we pulled a Bearsian move and traded some draft capital up, I would have been more than content with it. And here's why. Uh So by the time Kirk Cousins contract runs out, he will have five years of performance with the team we're going to know by then if he was the right decision back in 2018 Um, even if Fields was drafted on Thursday night by the Vikings he would not have started right out of the gate because we have too much money poured into Cousins um, you know that free agent acquisition three years ago Uh, so yes I believe that had that been the transaction uh, it would have been a sound one uh, because what we hope happens or Vikings fans hope happens is that slick Rick was correct all along. And then cousins takes him to the promised land. And then you're stuck with a happy problem with fields. Like what do we do with this guy? We don't need him. We got cousins. Mm. He took us all the way. Now it remains to be seen if cousins can do that. If we have another turd, like we had last year where it was seven and nine and we alternate good and bad year and good and mediocre years as we have done, then it's probably time to go in that youthful route and uh, fields could have uh, done that job. So on cousins, um, I have this reputation because I tweet a lot of facts and stats about him that I am like this almighty Cousins fan or lover. I like Kirk Cousins like I enjoyed Sam Bradford and like I enjoyed Teddy Bridgewater. But with those two guys, there wasn't like this plethora of falsehoods that just circulated about Cousins. So I think I finally determined that. Uh, you know, I have to debunk all these myths about Cousins. I had one today, like uh, in the last half decade, he's thrown more 30 yard or more touchdown passes than anybody. And then people said, oh yeah, that's garbage time. And it's like, no, in a prevent defense, that defense is designed for you not to throw bomb exactly. Bomb touchdown. So I think what I finally have decided is that my opinion is that Kirk Cousins is about the 11th best quarterback in the business. And I think that's good enough for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, other folks have this utopian feel that we need to go get our Mahomes. Well, great. If we could do that, if it was like they were available at the Dollar General, then I would yeah. go do it. But for me, I'm content with having the 11th best quarterback in the business with one of the best defensive coaches in the world. Uh, and I think that's discrepancy because I have never claimed that Cousins is elite, but I think that he's good. And I think that he brings consistency and stability to a franchise that has never had that outside of uh, Tarkenton 40 years ago.
0: Well, yeah, like like you said, the stats show it. They back it up and people will, like give you shit for it. I, I've said multiple times, I think the, the term garbage time, garbage time is a hoax. <laughs> I think it's like a complete hoax. You're still in an NFL game. You're still playing. Like you said, they're playing prevent defense. There's still a team trying to stop you because they're even if they're second string guys, they're trying to prove themselves to the, mm-hmm. to the, to the team that, Oh, maybe I can get up there and, and play the next week and potentially get up to the first string defense and be a starter. It makes absolutely no s- sense to me. And I would say the only doubt I, I really, I was personally sitting there like, I want, that'd be cool to get Justin Fields. I'm a big mm-hmm. Kirk guy myself. Yeah. And and people would be like, well, yeah, obviously, because I do a bunch of Kirk bits and all this impressions <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't know if you've seen those before. Have you seen those on
1: our page? No, not your impressions, huh? Oh,
0: it's so. I think every every Sunday, and it'll probably come up. This people say I look like Kirk Cousins, so I don't <laughs> know if you I don't know if you see that. But every Sunday, I would do like a pregame speech in the I in the words of Kirk Cousins, like, "Hey oh, guys, Kirk wait, Cousins now I here." Think I have okay. Yeah. So stupid shit like that. And we'd of course get comments. That's not Kirk. Yeah, no shit. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Kirk doesn't swear. Well, that's, that's the point. That, I mean, that's
1: the joke here. Homie. But
0: so when I, so when I, but going back, like, so when I say I like Kirk, like, of course you do blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, the stats show it. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved Justin Fields, but the only con of getting Justin Fields, and it might happen with Kelam who we'll talk here in a second mm-hmm. is that fans consistently. I've seen this with all teams. I've seen it with like go for football here in the cities. With any team, when they get, they want, always want something new. They just want mm-hmm. new, new, new. So as soon as Kirk has one bad throw in a game, yeah. put in fields, all the toxic Vikings fans, put in fields, Kirk sucks, put in fields, put in fields, put in fields. It'd just be a shit storm of wanting to put in the backup because he's new. He's going to win a Super Bowl for us. It's like people need to calm down and stop. And it could help him with, with, you know, a guy like Kellen Mond, but I mean, Justin Fields, he's a, He would have been a first round quarterback we would have got and people would want him to play right away. And it would have been annoying to listen to. Even though it's kind of funny to hear those takes actually, but sometimes it's just like, it gets so toxic.
1: Yeah. There would have been immediate friction if it was fields um, because you're paying Kirk 31 million cap it this year. Right. Fields. Although in Chicago, they say that Andy Dalton's the quarterback. He'll probably be a patch over guy when it's all said and done When the bears start like two and five. Then, then they're going to toss Fields in. That's if he doesn't beat them out in training camp. But with us, right. yeah, uh, it would have been... Yeah, and to your point, uh, it'll be the same with Mond. Um, because Cousins, the one thing that I dislike about Cousins is he's usually good for one or two stinker games per year. And other quarterbacks have those too, but usually mm-hmm. when it's like Mahomes or Brady, that means... You know, you throw a touchdown, two picks, and then your team maybe loses 20 to 17 or you end up winning somehow. Yeah, but it feels like when Cousins has a bad game, it drags everything down. Yeah, nothing goes right for anything whatsoever for defense. And that's that's my perception. I I dislike that about Kirk, Um, but. It's 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 a falsehood that uh, you know other quarterbacks don't have bad games because they do, and we just scrutinize every move this franchise makes because we love them to death. And uh, yes. so it's oh, it's always the microscope. Even that applies to Spiel, uh, applies to Spielman as well. Like we look around, we're like, yeah, what about Laquan Treadwell? It's like, yeah, he had a shitty pick. We get it, uh, but uh, there's there's more to it than just one bad wide receiver selection.
0: Yeah, I mean it it happens, and and the, going off on that that Kirk. I feel like I get that. I noticed with Kirk Cousins too, if the offensive line starts off bad and they get to Kirk almost immediately in the first quarter, he's rattled the entire game. It doesn't matter if the O line improves. It's like, he's like a, you know, a beaten dog out there, just scared to death. Cause he's like, Oh, I have already just, you know, almost got killed in the first half. Yeah. And, th- and then everything just kind of tumbles down and it's yep. like, there's something about it. I mean, it's not necessarily Kirk's fault in itself, but it's like there's something about a vibe or something. And yeah, um, but as far as like all the other crap with, Car- and I hate I, <laughs> I hate people bringing up the contract shit. Like yeah, <laughs> ah, it's it's NFL in 2020 in the 21st century. Players are expensive. Mm-hmm. It's I just you can go get a cheap quarterback that's not good. I can't throw as accurate as Kirk and have a good O-line, but that just doesn't do anything. That you're not mm-hmm. we saw that with Case Keenum. Like you're he, he was a good quarterback and he was obviously cheaper, but he wasn't good enough to bring us to the Super Bowl. He just wasn't. Like it I know it was destiny I and mean, Minneapolis Miracle, but a destiny doesn't win you a Super Bowl. Maybe it wins you one game, you know, a play a divisional game like it did, but it doesn't give you the good good enough team, doesn't give you the talent to go to the Super Bowl on that that show.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And, and it didn't, uh, and then it just some wild coincidence that didn't work out in Denver, didn't work out in Washington, now he's a backup in Cleveland. Uh, what we saw was lightning in a bottle from yeah. a terrific human being, and it was exciting, and I loved every minute of it, but uh, yeah, it was, quarterbacks do that, they creep up, they have one great year, and it's like their swan song, and uh, that's what happened, and it almost got us close enough to a home Super Bowl, and I'll, I'll, ever, I'll forever be grateful to Case, but you could tell like throughout that season, even that they were never committed to him long-term because we were like what 11 and three or 10 and three trying to figure out who our quarterback was going to be the next week. It was, it was hilarious. They never bought into him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, Oh, it was just, it's Vikings. It's Mm -hmm. fandom Vikings fandom. And it's just, it's crazy. What the, what, what happens? We'll, We'll have to wait and see how, uh, you know, how speaking of, we'll see how Kirk does this year and all that, but he's going to have a, and we were, we were alluding to this, but he's going to have a, probably a potential backup in, in Kellen Mond. They drafted him in the third round, which I personally thought was a a steal to get this guy. Mm -hmm. But obviously I I don't know if you saw the tweets, but he's not the biggest fan of Minnesota or he wasn't (laughs) at least I know his old tweets, but I'm like, people are, of course, are going to scrape that up, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, out of any, any player that come into the public eye. But I mean, was this, but Kellen Mond was he the was this pick the replacement ultimately for Kirk down the road is this the is he the future Q, QB1 for the Vikings is he the franchise quarterback for the future is that what they intended when they when they picked a guy like Kellen Mond?
1: Uh yes. Um and I think it is the almighty contingency plan alluding back to uh, my my point about what we will have seen five years of cousins and with Mond, it's in a beautiful spot. I think this marriage is is perfect because third round is this magical spot in a draft where um, you, you should see something from him before too long. But there's no way in hell that he should probably start right away. If he would have been a second rounder, the heat gets put on like Jalen Hurts. If it's a fourth or fifth rounder, he may never even play a start a game in his life. But it's that third round voodoo where it's like, God, he might be good or he might not be. So he will have ample time to uh, watch Cousins. And then, you know, Cousins is due to actually get hurt. He's never missed a game due to injury. and then he be- Mond better be the QB two because yes. if he can't if he can't handle that then he's not going to be able to handle the bright lights of the future. So uh, he, I firmly believe he'll be the QB two, and anything that you hear right now from Spillin is just smoke. Um, but yeah, I think it it aligns even more perfectly than the Fields timeline, not Fields himself, mm-hmm. but the Fields timeline, because we have no expectations of mond until at least this time next year and probably two years from now if the cousins experiment flounders and it doesn't get us to where we thought it might take us then you have a head start of two years you don't have to go swing and miss on a ponder again You have a guy that you can reasonably tap in 2023 to say, hey, homie, you've been watching for two years. Uh, We like your stuff. You should be matured by now. Uh, um, You watched a guy in Kirk who's fundamentally sound, who's another good human being. So now it is your time. And I just think that these timelines um, align perfectly because we're going to know by the start or by the end of the 2022 season if Kirk is good for this team. Like you know, in, I already right. know that he is. But if he's the Super Bowl solution,
0: right? Exactly, because I, I they they keep talking about you know 2023 is when you know we're gonna have to re-sign him and pay him a lot of money, which people keep saying they're not gonna pay him. Well, they might if if he's if they still are confident in him being the <laughs> Super Bowl quarterback, or or yeah. if he leads them to a, a Super Bowl the year before and does. Even if he loses, a lot of stuff can happen in two years. Yeah. And still, he still would be, This Kellerman would still be young enough to be oh, a, yeah. a backup quarterback. People were just acting like, yeah, Kirk's gone after
1: 2023. So you're telling me he wins the Super Bowl next year? He's gone? <laughs> yeah. Shut up what it's i uh, i wrote a i wrote about this on uh, Vikings territory I think it was last night yeah. uh, and i I tried to tell a little parable here so you'll have to bear with me for a second so i am i'm a christian um i mm-hmm. believe in christ uh mm-hmm. I'm not like a, a zealot or anything um and my my wife is an atheist and mm-hmm. so um what i What I try to say about this Kirk Cousins thing is if he takes us to the Super Bowl in 2021 or 22, and we happen to have Mond on the bench, uh, this is how I wrap it back to Christianity. I try to leave this life that's based on the principles of empathy and forgiveness and, you know, the Mm -hmm. stuff that Christ taught. And Mm -hmm. if it turns out I die and I'm wrong, who cares? I'm Mm -hmm. dead. Mm-hmm. And I will have lived a genuinely good life to other humans. And that's how I feel. If cousins takes us to the super bowl and we wasted a third round pick on Mon, who cares? Yeah. We want a super bowl. There's, there's not a losing situation here. Exactly. Like people
0: want to, they feel like we need to use him. It's like, well, I mean, I mean, who the hell is the backup quarterback right now? Who is it actually? I don't Stanley and
1: Browning. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Nate Stanley. Uh, backup, probably not probably not a guy you can be confident in if he has to come in to replace Kirk. And oh, I hated Sean Mannion. Yeah, that was (laughs) he just I'm like, dude, I don't even know how this guy's still in the league. I'd rather just Mm -hmm. play a Nate Stanley over. I don't think we had Nate Stanley at the time when he came in and had to play in that game against Chicago uh, a couple years ago when we were in the playoffs, but Mm -hmm. that was so was just terrible. And so having a Kalaman as a second string quarterback would be huge like yeah. that it it makes absolutely no sense that people are like well he needs to be the starter in two years and or wasted a pick if he doesn't play this season just I, I was thinking the same thing you were saying that you know Kirk is due to be injured we're lucky enough you know you say what you want about Kirk he has not he's been very durable in that oh, gotcha. he has taken a lot of hits but he hasn't been injured and he's been able to come in and be a consistent starting quarterback for us uh you know one of our most start consistently starting quarterbacks and decades if you could say maybe since Dante Cole Weber maybe mm-hmm. but it's like he you need a backup because I've am i been terrified week in and week out I mean maybe that's because I'm like a Kirk guy but like he is a starting quarterback and like he gets injured who's gonna come in we're done yeah. like we're barely hanging by by a thread to make the playoffs the last couple of years a couple of years ago we kind of got in but based on how shoddy our offensive line and defense has been the last couple of years you need a guy like Kirk to stay in And for him to get injured, it's like, who's going to come in? And at Calamon, it's like, oh, okay, you feel a little more confident, even if he's a rookie. And it'll
1: be exciting on top of it all. Yes. Yeah. If we have to, if if something just a small ankle sprain happens to Kirk, or if it's something, you know, God forbid, like an ACL, then it's not like, uh, it's not even like a Keenum thing where you go well. Let's see if this guy might have a little something. It's actually a bastion of excitement where you're like, Mm -hmm. whoa, now this era got expedited up here. So now we get to see what Mon's all about. Rather than with Mannion, it's like, God, can he he know how to throw? It's like, because he's never thrown a touchdown pass. And uh, I write about, I I usually uh, throw that in as a nugget in anything that I uh, write about Mannion. But on Mon, the final point I want to make on him is so his style is uniquely different than Cousins, and yeah, there's a lot, a lot of the, the Cousins naysayers, and I really don't think there's a whole lot of those. They just the people that don't like him yell the loudest. Um, mm-hmm. but but this is what you've been asking for if you want to do that Chiefs like scenario, yeah, where you find your quarterback of the future and then you let him wiggle in for about a year or so. Um, if indeed Cousins is not the long term future, um, you ask for it and you got it. In Mond, this is the type of guy that will completely change the way that you do your offense because he's closer to Lamar Jackson than he is to Kirk Cousins. So if you uh, wanted that utopian chief scenario, like, well, we got Kirk. Now's the perfect time to draft a new guy. Boom. We did it. We're there.
0: Exactly. And I just thought it was going up, just going quickly back to Sean Mannion too. I I believe it was, it was asinine to hear that people were actually saying, Hey, he should come in. It's time to bench Kirk and bring in Mannion. What kind of dog shit argument is that? Take is that? That's terrible. What?
1: Yeah.
0: I was just like mind blowing to me. That was insane.
1: Yeah, I think uh, with that happened after the Colts game, which is an especially rotten one for Kirk, and then the Falcons right. game wasn't much better. And I, I've, I was as pissed as the rest of the anti or the anti Kirk right. people. Uh, but I also know enough about Kirk's Kirk's resume that he never stays bad for very long. Right. Um, he is this hallmark of thirty touchdowns, four thousand passing yards, and that doesn't happen by accident. He's started uh, every game since twenty fifteen, and he. Russell Wilson and Philip Rivers are the only three quarterbacks to be injury-free during that time frame. So we got a durable ass dude, and I'm like you though. It always made me squeamish that they considered Manning the backup option because it felt like a a flag of surrender. That you know, if Cousins gets hurt, then we're we're just and it and it felt really short-sighted. Like why why would these brilliant football minds not recognize that when I'm on my my sofa and I I'm thinking that
0: exactly. It, it made absolutely no sense. But I'm hoping with Kellerman that there is a little more, you know, you know, puts more people at ease and, Mm -hmm. you know, around the quarterback situation and whatnot. And, you know, I think we're, I would say that in this kind of segues into my next point, we're a little more, a little more comfortable with our quarterback situation right now (laughs) than we are over in Green Bay. That was, that was crazy when I saw that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know, I always knew that like Aaron Rodgers or some rumors, like even, you know, after the, right after the season, like, Oh, could he be back? Or like, he want to be traded? I mean, there's, he's kind of a drama queen. So it's like, whatever. But then hearing that right, like on the day of the draft yeah. about how he wanted out, like that was, that was crazy. And so I want to ask you, like, what, what do you make of all the Aaron Rogers drama? I mean, can you even be, be surprised? I mean, like, I mean, do you think that he's actually, do you think he's going to be with the Packers next year? Do you think he's actually going to be traded or they're going to deal him?
1: Um, I do not think he'll be with the Packers, um, because, and I want to. I'll back up in a second. I got a little story about right. uh, the revelation of that news. Right. But here's here's the deal. It's 2021. There's a thing called Twitter. There are. He could call a press conference at any moment. He could yep. leak it to somebody. If this was all rubbish and false. All he has to do is come out and say, I love Green Bay. Yep. This, is, this is nonsense. I'm not going anywhere. Because it's a big enough fire right now that yep. the situation requires that from one of the game's largest faces. Mm. Uh, so I do not believe it'll end happily for Green Bay, which means it ends happily for you and me. Yes. Uh, but here's the deal on the way that story broke. So my wife and I drove to the NFL draft, and we left Wednesday night from our South Dakota house. And we drove till about 2 in the morning, stopped in Janesville, Wisconsin. Uh, slept there overnight in a hotel, and then hit the road. So when we go on road trips, I always do the driving because I I enjoy it and consider it therapeutic. So I didn't see anything on Twitter from about 8 a.m. until, God, when we got to Cleveland. But I kept trying to find sports radio so I could you know just get hype for the draft. We were going to be there in a matter of hours. And then we finally hit a point in Ohio where we did. And that was the thing that led was Aaron Rodgers is – you know, there's bedlam in green Bay. He wants out. And I said to my wife, you got to look this up and tell yeah. me if this is true or not. Cause it, it felt like, right. It was like, just clickbait. It, yeah, yeah, it, like, stuff. it was like the first time in a year that I've been disconnected from sports news. And then this, this drops. Right. Uh, so here's, here's the deal. Um, I thought, um, well, I knew in terms of the numbers from 2015 until the beginning of last year, Rogers was on this subtle performance decline. Mm -hmm. which means he was still a very good quarterback, but he was not the 2014-2013 version of himself. So I thought he was experiencing a natural decline. The Packers realized it. (laughs) They hilariously draft Jordan Love. And by this time right now, or pretty much March 2020, that the Packers would want to move on from Rodgers. Well, boom, he has an MVP season. Dustin's an idiot he's not Packers aren't divorcing Rogers. And, but in the meantime um, for a couple of websites at the time that I was writing for, I, I speculated where he might go. And I always thought he would go to the Raiders because that would yep. marry his Wester, Western Western um, fascination, you know, being from um, California. Yep. And so, yeah, now, because all of this stuff is leaked and I don't even know if it's leaked. It seems like he wants the hell out. I think we're going to get to this very awkward for them. I don't care. Standstill that, are they can just going to let him not play. And then therefore that he wouldn't get paid and they're going to be stubborn not to trade him. Or will somebody like Noost or whatever the hell his name is, the GM, will they, you know, blink and say, all right, we're going to send you the Broncos. We're going to send you the Raiders because it's reached a point where I don't think it's reconcilable.
0: Yeah. I just, I, I think when you hear him saying that or like a source from in the team and like you said, like we haven't heard anything from him to be like, mm-hmm. oh, this is all bullshit. Yeah. I mean, it's totally true, and there's just no way you're going to keep him. No, you, we're not trading you. You're going to keep him on the team unhappy, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> he's going to play like shit if he does that. Like, I mean, I, I don't – I so I think at this point, in my opinion, he's, he's probably done, and this sucks for Packers fans because they've had a Hall of Fame quarterback for a total of about almost 30 years now. It's obscene. Re- relying on Brett Favre and now to Aaron Rodgers, and mm-hmm. I'm like – that'd be great because then Kirk will probably be at least right now be the best court, maybe the best quarterback <laughs> in the NFC North. I mean, maybe Jared Goff, but he's been looking terrible. I mean, yeah. in LA lately and he's on the Lions, So that'd be, I, I don't know. That would be, that'd be huge. If he was gone. I mean, looking right now, it, he's probably going to be gone, but like, it would still be weird. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is not on the Packers anymore. That, that's weird. But I mean, he's, he's ending his career. Like it makes sense for him. He's like, You know, I'm almost done with my career. I'm from California. I want to go back to the West Coast, done with this cold crap, you know, out in Green Bay. So,
1: I mean. I think think that, uh, let's see. Man, I I would not. He's such a free thinker, independent spirit, like type of dude that really doesn't conform with like the Wisconsin type of lifestyle. Right. I think um, it would not surprise me that much. If I got an alert to my phone, one of these days that said Roger steps away, if he just, if he really wants to do that jeopardy stuff and he's about yeah. to marry a woman who, you know, works in Hollywood. Uh, like if he can't find a way to the Raiders or the Broncos, um, yeah. Cause the Niners are pretty much spoken for now with Lance. Like I wouldn't be stunned if he just hung them up, but that it seems like they, their are brass though. The green Bay brass has gone out of their way to irritate him every step of the way. And I love it. Uh, mm-hmm. And now they have to pay the Piper and I I can see them just saying, if you, if you not, if you're not going to play for us, then you're not going to play anywhere. And then they're just at this awkward standstill for a 38 year old guy. They go, they go try out Jordan love. And then he's just left doing nothing. Uh, It all comes down to how stubborn the GM is. If he really wants to ride this out and play hardball, then he can do it for these two years. Um, But I just don't see him back with the Packers and in, in their defense or my defense, I would not have said that two weeks ago. I thought everything was fine. Now he had that press conference after the NFC championship loss, where he sounded like his dog died, but I just chalked that up to, you know, human emotion that you just got beat by Brady.
0: Exactly. You lost an NFC championship game. You fell short of the Super Bowl, and you're just upset and people were (laughs) room. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, and he looked like, Oh, he's going to be back. He's going to stay with the Packers till he retires. But now this happens and you got to wonder is, I wonder if, uh, you know, Bill Belichick is uh is had he's 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 trying to he's trying to get over his withdrawals of having his hall is his, uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. If he would step in and try to snag yeah. Rodgers, but I don't know if they they would want to do that. But wouldn't be surprised if they tried to take a stab at him because Belichick is. I feel like he's just desperate right now. He's like, I, I got to get a championship. I'm missing Brady.
1: Yeah, and he's not getting any uh any younger, so. He'll, he'll probably give it a whirl with Mac Jones and mm-hmm. the Cam Newton, Mac Jones tandem. Uh, but the interesting thing, if indeed we're right that Rodgers does not play for the Packers again, the the lasting memory or the final transaction that Rodgers had as a Packer against the Vikings was getting sacked by Wanham and losing yep. at home. That picture that we've all blasted on Twitter, which is a, a wonderful decision by us. That will be the last transaction he ever has against uh, the Vikings as a member of the Packers. And I also love that.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Why not? If He ends well. Then I don't care. I mean, he's a Packer anyway, and that would be a great lasting image. But yeah. I'm wondering if he would, if he would retire, and then he'd pull the Brett Favre bit,
1: come back, and go to another. I don't know. I oh, can see I think, him doing that. I could see him doing it, but I think the Packers would have to oblige. Like, yeah, I, I don't think you can just retire, you know, for a couple weeks and then get your way, um, right? It's just that I don't know who's at fault here, and I really don't care. I just love that they're in such turmoil. It's like uh, every time something goes wrong, we figure out a way not to make it Roger's fault. He doesn't have a running back. He doesn't have enough wide receivers. All the defense sucks. Oh, he couldn't get along with McCart. Every year, they don't win a Super Bowl. He's got a new built-in thing. And now, and then he's got this this management team that just seems like they're out to get him and i cannot figure out why they have shown him this maltreatment if it indeed is that or if he's just this prick that nobody can work with and all we see is the guy that wins football games and maybe behind the scenes you know they can't stand him but it's a necessary evil because he's so good
0: yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out in the coming months and See if it's Jordan love playing quarterback for the Packers, which will be best better for the rest of the NFC, quite frankly, especially for us Vikings fans. So we'll see all that that plays out. But to move into the last item of, of, of this episode, I just kind of want to discuss overall how you think slick Rick did in the, in the (laughs) draft overall. And did he do enough work? I mean, there's obviously off season work that he's done to try to, you know, Help us not to give up 40-plus points in multiple yeah. games next season. But ultimately, how did you think he did in the draft and and kind of targeting some of our problems to resolve those?
1: Um <clears throat> I really enjoyed the, the first three rounds of the draft, and then in t- I didn't dislike four through seven. But th- that portion of the draft is just a c- complete wait-and-see, like most mm-hmm. of the draft is. Nothing in the f- days fours and seven really made me stand up. But uh, from my seat, but from the first uh, three days of the draft, I did. Um, so we spent the entire free agency period signing only defensive players. Yep, I'm, I'm pretty certain that Zimmer, you know, yanked him by the collar and said, I never want to see this again. I don't want injuries to be my undoing. Uh, I think it just pains Zimmer in deep down in his loins that, you know, yeah. my team, my team doesn't give up 30 points per game. And so therefore yep. the first step of this free agency is to get, Let's rebuild this defense. And I, I was like everybody else. I was like, God, so is trading for Mason Cole going to be the solution or what's the deal? Mm. Um, so I honestly believed, and I wrote about it in podcasts about all over the place that they were going to trade back, but I thought they would go edge rusher because I thought Quiddy pay would be there. I didn't think Darisaw would be there. And then I thought that they would get uh, a left tackle um, in round three or sign Eric Fisher or something like that. But Darisaw slid there. And then so had Wyatt Davis. So, Almost overnight, or in the series of two nights, we went from an offensive line maybe of Rashad Hill, Mason Cole, Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, and Brian O'Neill that were like, Oh, God, our left tackle's Rashad Hill. He's a good guy and everything, but I don't know if he can start. And all of a sudden, we have this homegrown offensive line that we've drafted within the past four drafts. From left to right, it'll be Darasaw, Davis, Bradbury, Cleveland, O'Neill. And I can't remember the last time we had a homegrown organic offensive line. Yep. Now we're putting a lot of faith in the fact that the left side of that line will actually work week yeah. one. Um that's a, that's a gigantic leap of faith, but it is better than what we have limped into in seasons past. Like we thought Dozier could start. Dozier couldn't start. We figured that out the painful way. When we signed Reef and Remmers, we thought, all right, now this is this is going to be our impact year where we fix the offensive line. Reef was pretty good, Remmers was not. Um, But I love the approach that we recognize the problem slowly, but surely we've been drafting the pieces to fix it. And there's a common misnomer that the Vikings don't give a shit about the offensive line. The Vikings have made some poor decisions on the offensive right. line, but they've spent more draft capital and high rounds than anybody during the last four years to fix it. So I'm excited to see all these prospects. And we already know that Cleveland and O'Neal look pretty good. And then this is really going to be the make or break year for Bradbury because he'll, he'll have uh, dudes next to him that aren't garbage. So that should, mm-hmm. um, you know, implicitly make him better. Uh, but yes. So in terms of the draft, uh, yes, I was, I I was, miffed in a good way that uh dara slid all the way to us and then boom, we got we got a quarterback and then wyatt davis was just hanging out there so i loved all that and then the rest of the picks were just ones we have to see it pan out we do this thing uh in the later rounds of the draft where we think every guy is going to be the home run and then yep hardly of them and besides like digs they don't usually pan out
0: no and i was going to say too like uh Every team is feeling like their picks are home runs for the most part. <laughs> I mean that. I mean, and you could and you can make a case for probably every single player in the draft for every single team on why they're all oh, they're a great pick or they're an underdog or they're a gem or a diamond in the rough. But it, it, so you gotta calm down. Like you, you, people are doing that. You're gonna get your hopes up, and that's where you turn into that person hating on people because you had your hopes up on every single person. Yeah. That's why I still think people hate Kirk because they felt like he should have won a Super Bowl the first year, and that was it, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's why he sucks now. But I, I know people were freaking out when they traded down their draft from pick 14, but I'm like, oh, they lost fields. I think they're going for fields, whatever. They can still get their offensive lineman they want. And they saw I saw darris I'm like, it's a badass pick. That yeah. who cares? They got and they got a couple good third round picks that they used for, you know, get it's like Kellen Mann and you know, they got an inside linebacker, I think. Nick and that's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. They, they it came to their advantage. It didn't even make it it made sense in the end. Like it, they get fields so I mean it's it, it's yeah, it's hard to say it's kind of like a you know huge hypothetical question, like, oh, is this draft gonna pan out and all this? But <laughs> you, you know, but it's it's but it is a it's fun to like speculate on it, and especially where the Vikings, you know, they've been hitting their O-line. You don't want to see I'm sick and tired of just seeing Kirk on his back almost yeah. every game, and it's just like, ah. Oh. and yeah, you know, Zimmer's a big, I know they get a bad rep for the O-line stuff because mm-hmm. they're always you know, Zimmer is a defensive guy, which he is, but I mean, yeah, they have put a lot of time in their O-line. It just hasn't maybe been the best moves, but they have uh-huh. put moves into it. But yeah, I want to see, I always said, like, if you see like a a Kirk Cousins on like an Indianapolis Colts O-line, mm-hmm. I mean, this team is going to go, that could go the distance. Yeah. I mean, seriously.
1: I, I agree. And uh, I, I want to say it too, on all of the Vikings picks, I'm guilty of that too. So like, you know, Janarius Robbins, uh, Robinson gets picked, I'm like, oh yeah, you read the scouting report, you watch the yeah. tape. Like yeah, every pick you see, you think about what their potential will be. It's almost like I don't know yeah. if some of your listeners will play like NBA two K or Madden and yeah. you're building like a franchise or yeah. you're doing a fantasy draft. I do this in NBA two K, like if I'm building a a basketball team, I will draft maybe in the 5th round 6th round draft Rudy Gay because yep. in my mind I'm thinking of the best possible version of Rudy Gay when yep. in reality he's what 32 33 and he's not going to be as good anymore so we we think about the the most positive possible way that they could B for your team. team yeah. yeah. And it rarely does it come down. Now, sometimes it does, yeah. but even like the free agencies that are left on the market. Now, if the Vikings want to explore Geno Atkins or something like that, we're going to think about all pro Geno Atkins. You're probably going to get a condensed reduced version of it. Uh, So we're, we're all guilty of that. So I don't want anybody who thinks that, uh, this draft is an absolute home run. I don't want to rain on your parade. Uh, I feel the same way about oh yeah, what if uh what if Smith Smith Marset is the, the next digs. I feel that way too. But I also taper my expectations that any pick at all really is a gigantic toss up. But especially in the later rounds, um it's 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 hit and miss. Yeah,
0: honestly it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's just like you're you're being the homer. I mean there's a reason a player is <laughs> drafted because they're a professional. Like yeah. I mean but it's it's honestly uh, it's 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 all up in the air. It's all hypothetical. But it's we're just uh, I think Vikings fans are sick and tired of not uh, you know heartbreak every time we get close to the Super Bowl. And hopefully you know Slick Rick did the moves uh, this year to push us a little step further. It is an odd year, and yeah. I realize every odd year Zimmer makes a playoff. So yep. it's
1: it's the we'll- damnedest thing. And then and then the, the there's a there's another misconception, and I understand this one too that. In Zimmer's years where they're not good, we, we tend to say that he alternates good and bad years. Zimmer has never coached a bad football team. Zimmer has mm-hmm. coached mediocre football teams that have brought us disappointment. But in the vein of the Steelers or the Saints or the Patriots, when those teams have bad years, they usually finish about 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine. And that's where we're at every other mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. is having one of those bad seasons that's mediocre. But the, I think the whole reason that Zimmer survived last year is because and Brian McKinney said this on my show, he's Zimmer's never had a bad season. And I, I truly do think this year will be judgment day. I don't know if he can survive another mm-hmm. seven and nine. Eight, yeah. Eight. Um, and he probably shouldn't uh, if, if that's the record, but uh, I need Vikings fans to realize that although you have been disappointed in even years, uh, the Vikings have never been a bad product under Mike Zimmer. And, you know, we, the optimists just hope that they break through one of these years where you have, that 2017 defense with this Kirk Cousins offense. It's gotta be in there somewhere. I gotta be able to see it before Zimmer uh, rides away. We gotta
0: see the flame there. We gotta find it somewhere. <laughs> but at least at least we're not, but also going off on of that. At least we're not the we could be the Browns or the Lions mm-hmm. where we have two in 14 years, one in 15, oh and 16 years for yeah. God oh, shit, that would be terrible. But yep. Now, hopefully this is the year we at least make the playoffs again and can make a run, you know, beyond the NFC Championship game. Even if we make that, I'll be happy. It'll be depressing if we lose that, obviously. But just <laughs> do something for yep. gosh sakes. But
1: yep. and that needs to happen because I do not think Zimmer will survive. Uh, you know, an, I, got, I I I always, you know, these last six months, I'll say a playoff win is what he needs probably to see twenty twenty two there could be some way that they get the playoffs and then they're robbed of a playoff win. But um, I don't think, I think anything less of that will ne- necessitate termination. And then, then we'll finally get our, our B enemy sweepstakes because inexplicably he still isn't a head coach.
0: Yeah. We'll uh, we'll have to see and and, and wait. It's all waiting game at this point, but I'm just glad that, you know, the draft happened again and, and we're here speculating and, Hopefully we won't be uh, depressed again next year (laughs) to say the least. But, uh, but Dustin, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the Minnesota rundown. We really appreciate it coming on, giving us your Vikings insight, especially since the draft just happened and, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll see some, uh, we'll be a little happy next year, but I mean, do you you have any final thoughts before we,
1: Uh, we let's see. Yeah. There's one, one thing that was, it's been eating at me since what Friday night um, on the Kellen Mon stuff. I keep hearing that he's raw, he's a developmental project, um, blah, blah, blah. We'll see him in two years. I know, that's how long it'll take. But um, I- I'm morbidly curious as to what he could do if for some reason he had to play right away. We said that same raw stuff about Dak Prescott. And then he went into camp and upended Tony Romo, who I think was actually hurt. And then, you know, Prescott's been a very solid NFL quarterback. So, of course, I don't want him to, uh, you know, start this year. I want him to mature on the bench. But I have this very, like, uh, natural curiosity that let's say Cousins was hurt or, you know, something strange happened where Mon had to play. Like, is he really that raw? Or are we just Mm. saying that to kind of lower the expectations a little bit? That's, that's that's my curiosity.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting. I always, we never, you kind of see that around the league and, you know, out of other teams where you see like a backup quarterback come in or their draft pick come in for the first time. You have that little bit of an excitement as much as I love Kirk. If he does have to come in to have a little excitement, Mm -hmm. it's something new a little bit. Let's see. Like
1: Bridgewater right something like that that in 2014 oh yeah i i really i really felt like a piece of shit when castle got hurt because i was glad right i was like i was like sweet yeah i i was i was like all right now we get to see bridgewater
0: i I think a lot of people were were probably not (laughs) disappointed in that so probably don't feel bad about that but oh
1: but i remember sitting there and i was thinking god hopefully he's hurt for a couple weeks and and i "Ah, usually don't think that way
0: don't don't think like that but (laughs) it's I'm kind of happy. Okay. Let's yeah. just be a little happy right now. No, you're, you're probably one. You're probably just, you're probably with, you know, almost 99% of the Vikings fan base when that yeah. happened, but <laughs> we won't be yeah. like that with Kirk if he gets injured, obviously, but i will be no. curious to see if that, how well this Calamon guy plays out. He's new. He's a, I kind of think of him as yeah a Patrick Mahomes esque style kind of guy or a Kyler Murray yep. kind of dude. And maybe not as mobile or run as fast, but just that kind of style, Teddy Bridgewater kind of style. Yeah. So, yeah, We'll, uh, we'll definitely see what happens. But again, Dustin, we want to thank you for, oh, yeah. for, 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 for coming on again. And and the folks can definitely check out your, your, your blogs on vikingsterritory.com. They can also uh, tune into your podcast, Believe in Vikings podcast. Um, you're also the editor of Franchise Tag, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, and you have a, a personal Twitter account as well.
1: Yep, that's uh at Dust Baker And, Yeah, I'm usually good for some relatively reasonable Vikings. We a couple a yeah. couple of them per day.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. You're just another I mean, you're you're independent. You kind of have some raw takes on things and you're another you're another elite mind, another elite <laughs> football mind to to get info from for viking stuff so definitely a a good follow and and good read on on vikingsterritory.com and guys if you want to check out of course our blogs here at Ten Thousand takes you go to 10ktakesmn.com we'll have some new merch coming soon stay tuned for uh wild stuff um more so dealing with nick Benino. Um, but also, uh, you want know, to follow us on socials. You can f- just look us up, 10K Takes. We're 10K underscore takes on Twitter, 10,000 Takes Facebook, 10K Takes Instagram. or also on TikTok at 10K Takes. Have some funny stuff. Well, as always, we're doing some crazy shenanigans all the time, whether it be on the golf course or in the studio or drinking, whatever it may be. We're always doing crazy stuff. But uh, I think they'll wrap up another episode of the Minnesota Rundown. Dustin Baker, I want to thank you again for, for coming on the show. We really appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All cool. right, Skull Viking, school, school. <laughs> Let's go. Let's not be disappointed next year.